0: Welcome to another edition of the Game Preview Podcast. Ethan Greenberg, Cynthia Freeland, back from the bye week, feeling recharged, except for Cynthia, who covers all 32 teams. So she keeps trudging along here, but here's the deal. Week 8, the Jets played the Patriots. They play them again, both teams coming off a bye week. In Week 11 in Foxborough, the rematch of the 22-17 score against the Jets in MetLife Stadium. So that game was obviously widely defined by or talked about Zach Wilson's three interception game that aside, Cynthia, like what are things that you think the jets should either duplicate or try to eliminate from the playbook entering Sunday?
1: Well, let's go with, they should try to duplicate. The first thing there is the reliance and efficiency of the run game. So getting the run game going really, really well, will help eliminate the opportunity for those costly interceptions and really keep the jets in, in favorable downs and distances. That is the, key on offense. And then on the other side of the ball, the real key to the Jets season, not just that one game against the Patriots, but also the entire season is really about getting pressure using four or fewer pass rushers. So not blitzing Jets blitz at the third lowest rate in the NFL. When they do, it ends up being the second highest pressure amount because it's strategic and it works really well but only rushing four or fewer allows the defensive backfield to be flooded. So everyone is blanketed. It's harder to catch passes in that situation. And by the way, they're getting 30.7 pressure rate, which happens to be seventh best in the NFL. So it's not like they're foregoing pressure in order to be able to fulfill that objective. They're actually still able to get pressure. In fact, just very well and 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 allowing for kind of that nice complementary aspect of you know the defensive backs being able to be in tight coverage and also the front being mean to the opposing quarterback
0: what about new england's offensive line how do you think that compares to other offensive lines that the jets have seen throughout the course of the year because the jets defensive line played very well in this teams first meeting
1: i think that the it's funny because the word that comes to mind is strange, like Cole strange. They're Oh, 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 hey, she's got jokes, folks. <laughs> but no, it's a strange situation because I've seen games where they're very efficient and effective. And then I've seen games where I have no idea what I'm looking at. And that's not typical of what you see from the Patriots. I think part of that is that they do have some new faces along that O-line, but also they're really adjusting to, like, a much more efficient running situation. Ramondre Stevenson has been – whoever says this, they're like, hey, we've got just one running back for the Patriots that really seems to be, like, you know, the the main guy. We never – you never – it's usually committees and confusion and and all these different aspects, but maybe it's something to do with that. Maybe it's something to do with the fact that – and this is probably more likely that Mac Jones doesn't have a dearth of pass catchers that are really – like scaring defenses. So defenses can really hone in on bringing pressure to the line to try to get to Mac Jones very quickly. So I I don't necessarily, it's not like a, I think Patriots typically, and I think good O line and this season, I'm kind of like average-ish O-line. And that's, that seems strange to me.
0: Oh, very cold, strange to you. So cold, strange. I love that pun. The Jets had (laughs) six sacks when these teams first met in week eight mostly by the defensive line. Uh, Quincy Williams did have a sack. So for the Jets offense, I, I, re- I mentioned Zach Wilson. He threw three picks. Obviously, he made a lot of headlines by the way that he played. He also threw for 355 yards and two touchdowns. When you look at the stats, or maybe that's not even a fair question, but like, what what do you make of the way that he played against the Patriots? Everyone knows about the turnovers, but is there something else there that you think is not being talked about enough?
1: The Patriots often throw out disguised leverages. So it will look like it's man coverage and it'll be zone or it'll look like it's zone and it's man. And it's very hard for young quarterbacks to adapt to what they're seeing because it's not normal. And that's something that has been a strategic advantage for the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Like that, that is what they do. Like that is it. Like that is like the most uh, kind of profound thing that you always see from them. So it's not, It's not weird to see a younger quarterback struggle. I mean, we, we talk about it all the time. There's like a few things we over say in all of football. Like one, Andy Reid coming off a bye. And two, it's like Bill Belichick against young quarterbacks. It's like the same thing over and over again. But the reality is, is he's showing different leverages, meaning you don't know if you're seeing, you know, it's not just blitz or not blitz and fake showing blitz. It's also like, what are, where is this? Is this, is it, is it nickel? Are we, are they playing? So like, What is this? So it's very hard for younger quarterbacks to to adapt to that.
0: Do you think that the Jets match up well with the Patriots and does it benefit them playing them in such like a short time frame? Like it's not like they saw them week one and week 18. This is week eight, one game, by, and then the Patriots again. So that's the Patriots in two out of the last three games.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, obviously – Like, look, like, it's going to come down to the turnovers are likely going to, like, if you can eliminate the turnovers. if they had, and having that buy and being able to be like, okay, I saw, I got it again. Like, now we got James Robinson fully intact. Like, now we figured out, like, this is how our running playbook's going to work. It's far less likely that Zach Wilson will be put in a situation where three turnovers, let alone three interceptions, is, is a thing, right? Like, that's not an ideal situation for anyone, any quarterback, let alone a young quarterback. So, I think that it is an advantage facing them kind of on short order, like get the rust off, get right back up on that horse and figure out how you're going to overcome that. But now with some new personnel, because it's very hard to lose Brees Hall. He was awesome. Like, it's very hard to have different personnel. And like a number of people, obviously, I would like it if every pass catcher were available. And Corey Davis, you know, obviously would be great. But like, you know, they still have a lot of people on this offense that are able to catch passes.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned Corey Davis and Brees Hall, because that leads us to the second quarter. I just want to talk about injuries. This is the first game I think that the Jets will play without Sheldon Rankins, Sheldon, which is one very sad for the the Jets. Even sadder for your neighbor. And so, yeah, yeah, is he crushed about this?
1: I didn't tell him. We're not going to oh, tell him. He's too, he's okay, too young. Tell him. He's too young to know.
0: <laughs> Fair. Okay. So, so in his mind, Sheldon might still play. In reality. Sheladon Sheldon Rankins is not playing Sunday against the Patriots with an elbow injury with the way that the Patriots run their offense and the way that Sheldon Rankins was playing, like how big of a loss is this for the jets?
1: It's a pretty big loss. Obviously the defensive front in general. I mean, you do have a number of people there that are awesome and playing really, really well. So it's not as big of a loss as if he, if there were fewer people also there to absorb some of the snaps that he was playing, but look at the beginning of that Bills game. I mean, he was like balling out in that one. And that's a hard game to ball out in. So it was an unfortunate loss, but at the same time, the good news is, is there are a lot of other pieces that will be able to absorb some of that pressure. I mean, Quinnen Williams is basically having like himself up. He better go to the Pro. Like if he doesn't go to the pro bowl, all of our fans need to like put themselves in a timeout because like, come on, he's having that kind of year. And the, C.J. Mosley, I think I saw something like coach said he was playing like he's 24 years old. Something like, good for him. Like, that's great. And then, you know, and and then there's obviously like just a ton of, you know, other opportunities there for all of the things to to be schemed against. Again, you're not replacing him, but it but it is at least an advantage to have a number of different options there to pick up some of that slack.
0: You know, you did say Jets fans, if Quinn Williams doesn't make it to the Pro Bowl should put themselves in timeout. I actually did that once as a kid. I put myself into timeout. That is a fun fact about Ethan Greenberg.
1: For anyway, not voting for Sheldon Rankin, or for not voting for Quinton Williams to go to the Pro Bowl?
0: Yeah, I know. I, I, I knew, even back then, I knew. So, mm-hmm. furthermore, Ramondre Stevenson, he's obviously, I feel like he's emerged as a big-time running back for the Patriots, and they, they try to revolve their offense around him. What do you think about how would you describe the way that the Patriots their key or their roadmap to victory is, and does it revolve around Stevenson? It does
1: actually in part, you know, sometimes you have to remember that like, even if their run game isn't successful on a down by down basis. So you run on first and you only get three yards. That's not considered successful, right? Usually most people use four yards as the metric for success and then half the distance to go. And then converting on third is like their sort of, you know, benchmarks. But the reality is, is, even if you give a little extra time to that snap, it gives Mac Jones a minute to adjust to what he's been seeing from the defense. So, sometimes and it it sounds very like silly to say but it's smart to run and kind of get a sense of what the defense is throwing out there for you even if it doesn't net you in four or five yards on that particular down as long as you're not doing it in nonsense situation like you wouldn't run on like third and 17 right we Mm -hmm. i mean some teams do but you know it's it's not that's not the best most logical situation but you can see that because he's had at least 100 scrimmage yards or a scrimmage touchdown in each of the last five games like that was That's a commitment to him. It's a commitment to using his skill set in order to create the situations where they're, oh, now we can pass off of this one. Oh, this is what I'm seeing. Oh, like give me a little bit of slack. I just got pressured. Don't ask me to now again on the down after being pressured, throw right again. Because, you know, again, like Mac Jones is young too. Like these guys need a little bit of it's not like you can just go out there and suddenly become Patrick Mahomes like in 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 no snaps, right? So that's really is a commitment to him, not necessarily each individual down being super efficient.
0: And that comes also back to Sheldon Rankin's not playing because if the Patriots want to run it up the gut, that's in the Jets' starting defense. Sheldon Rankins and Quinton Williams next to each other. I'm interested to see what happens because John Franklin Myers does kick inside in passing situations. Could he see more reps on the inside? Do the Jets call up somebody from the practice squad like Jonathan Marshall, who they drafted last year? There's a lot of options there, but I, I, from your perspective, as someone who covers the entire league, how unique is it that the Jets have this kind of defensive line depth? Because I think Jets fans are like, oh yeah, you know, they, they have depth. That's like the way they want to run things. But I think it goes overlooked just how unique it might be.
1: Totally. I mean, I guess maybe because Jets fans are smart and they know that Robert Sala is like a a really good defensive front guy. So maybe they're like, well, we expect it. This is like his bread and butter. This is what he does. Right. But it's very unique that everyone contributes in such interesting ways. I mean, the fact that the Jets are the only team in the league with two guys who have at least 15 quarterback hits this season. I mean, that's pretty interesting, right? Obviously Carl Lawson's the second and Quinton Williams is the first. Like that's a, testament to how there's a lot of different things going on. So offenses don't exactly know where to account for where the pressure's coming from. And I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a bit more rotating and those rotational snaps being something where, and it doesn't even need to be like a rotating from like in and out of the game, but like where someone's lining up to keep that, you know, we used to call it like exotic fronts. Basically it's just to keep the offense from knowing exactly where the pressure's coming from exotic, Mm. very exotic. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Very exotic, which is a great uh, segue because now we're at halftime. And breaking news out of the bye week: Cynthia Freeland is now a proud dog mom.
1: Oh, I love my puppy so much. He's so cute. He's yeah. We're
0: we're gonna need all the details. We need name, breed, yep. Yep. where you got him, why you got him, and everything <laughs> that goes with it.
1: Okay, so his name is Gordy after Gordy Howe. I'm from Michigan, so you know I picked the best Red Wing that I could find um he's not as um he doesn't like you know he's not as aggressive as gordy how which is good he's a <laughs> we think that he is a husky and german shepherd mix he's mm-hmm. four months old he was in a this that could actually make me cry a little bit because he was in a kill shelter which i have no idea because if you when you meet this dog he is zero percent aggressive he is he doesn't he barely barks and he's potty trained i have no idea how i got so lucky but my One of my coworkers wow. at the NFL Network, she volunteers at the rescue that was trying to place him. She had been at an event where she was like, he's just the sweetest dog and you should meet him and blah, blah, blah. So I met him and one thing led to another and now he is stolen my heart. He is the sweetest. He's just like, I can't believe he's a rescue. Like I I have no, like his, per- he's got a great personality. I've been trying to find like his trauma, I even like gave him a bath myself, which which I'm not good at doing that stuff. But like to see if he was scared of no scare no fear he just so sweet good with kids good with other like he's really sweet
0: has he met your neighbor that calls sheldon rankin shelladon
1: of course they play all that we have there's a park across the street from me we go out and play sometimes gordy chases some birds and sometimes so does my neighbor
0: (laughs) (laughs) what is gordy's favorite toy
1: gordy so gordy loves his football uh he has like three footballs he's Pull the stuffing out of them, though.
0: Mm. But he also
1: likes the t- the the pull rope. He likes a good, likes a good game of tug of war.
0: You know. Okay. And uh what's something that so uh, I don't want to say surprises you, but what what's your favorite part now about Gordy? That's maybe not just like having a dog. Like it's like next next level stuff.
1: I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I got like I was telling you this before we were starting here. Um, all of a sudden, yesterday, I noticed he was looking like extra fluffy. Like I, I, I was like, "Am I not brushing him? Am, am I doing something wrong?" I called the vet. The vet's like, "No, that's just what happens when they get healthy." I was like, "Oh, mm. I did something wow. right. Got it." Well because, done. <laughs> I was like, "He looks like he's really fluffy." Is this, it's like, is there? They're like, "No, he's putting on his like because he was malnourished as a puppy, so his like back like he's super skinny." So I try to feed him. I mean, he he gets fed a lot because he's really cute. So, right. but we get him up to snuff here and.
0: Are, are we, uh, serious. are we trying to teach him some tricks or what?
1: He, he already knows how to sit and he's very polite okay. with his food. Cause I don't want him to scare people. I think he's going to be a little big, so I mm-hmm. don't want him to jump, but I don't want him to, um, steal his food without, you know, that I don't want to do like two, right. like in his, so
0: that's yeah, really, I, the I get it we've
1: had so far, but okay. we got but, sit
0: down. Sit is good. Okay. Sit, sits important. Yes. Here's how we're going to end the halftime. It's, and I'm putting you on the spot. If you could make like one, trick but somehow refer it to football like go mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. what would the trick be
1: <laughs> well we do have a number of football tricks already we watch a okay. lot of football together and he helps me but i think i would like him to have a good touchdown dance i don't know okay. how i'm going to teach him how to do that but i think he needs like a very cute little touchdown dance
0: yeah you could t- you could like uh have him um do like cert like spin in circles or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So- so if you say if you say touchdown, it. he'll just like spin around or something or roll over. over. He, he, has a, he roll rolls over.
1: over all the time, but I haven't taught. He doesn't know what he's doing when he's he just he's just wants naturally to be, doing it. He wants belly rubs. That's all he wants. He just wants his belly to be. He's so he's so sweet. Ooh. I just love and him
0: so much. Most importantly, what's his forty time and what do the analytics say? He's
1: by the way, he's incredibly fast. So yeah. he's not allowed off his leash until like we figure some stuff out. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's really speedy. Like I was trying to like run with him to see how fast we go. And there's like a, on, on near right. There's like the thing that shows how fast the bikes are going. So, I mean, we got up to, we, we had a 12 miles per hour. Like we were sprinting, okay. but. Next gen stats
0: needs to pay a visit to Gordy.
1: He does. Oh, he's so cute. I love him so much. <laughs> Everyone should rescue a dog. I mean, it's the best feeling. He's so sweet.
0: Oh, look, look at that. Well, okay. what a heartwarming halftime. This oh, is I a great so halftime. Much. Okay. Well, after this podcast, we know, we all know that Cynthia Freeland is going to go see Gordy and rub his belly, but now he needs a belly rub.
1: Of course. Maybe he'll make a little, maybe he'll make a cameo one of these days, you know,
0: Uh, we would love that we would, we need a Gordy cameo, but in the meantime, let's move on to the third quarter. And I think it is a great opportunity just to talk about both of these defenses because both very talented. We've talked about the jets defensive line, Matt Judon, Leads the league in sacks. He had three the last time that he played, which was against the Indianapolis Colts at Foxborough. Then the Jets secondary, very very talented. Patriots secondary, opportunistic, 17 takeaways. So just do you think that this game is going to come down outside from turnovers again to defense? Like I feel like we say this every year, but do you think, again, this is the case?
1: I do, in large part because – I don't, when I think of, when I think of both of these defenses and how these coaches think, like go to the strength of each team, right? Like this is, this is a situation where they are both the strengths of the team. And Matt Judon, by the way, I love when a guy comes from a small school. I think it's great. Grand Valley State. It's a very small Mm. school in Michigan. Like it's kind of cool to see someone be able to have that opportunity And in fact, sauce kind of comes from, I know Cincinnati is not that small, but it is relative to some of these sec schools. So it's nice to see these guys having just disproportionate success from, from places that didn't get the whole Alabama treatment, you know? So it's, it's cool uh, to, to see that, but the, the defensive fronts and bringing pressure, you know, Bill Belichick is known for that as well. And it's also kind of both teams are, have, have some, some potential to create sacks based on their offensive line. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's kind of a strength versus strength here. I don't think this is going to be the highest scoring game of the weekend by any stretch of the imagination. And I do think it will truly come down to the fact that, you know, which team is able to execute on their defensive game plan best. And obviously I, I, I need to bring up the fact that like sauce has allowed like 20 when, when, when they've been playing man coverage, uh, sauce has given up 26 total yards this season, 26 and two, two yards since four, two that's a ridiculous thing. Like man is not going to work against this.
0: Okay. I just want to repeat that. You're saying since week four sauce, Gardner has allowed two total yards in man coverage. Wow. Okay. Well, pretty good. I'm going to take a (laughs) sip of water because that blew my mind. Yeah. And
1: 26 total this season.
0: That's incredible. So what do you think about the matchup of these Patriots wide receivers then? Because In week eight, the Jets did pretty well against Mac Jones, specifically passing the ball. But this, I don't feel like, and it's no offense to the Patriots, is not the most talented receiver core that the Jets have seen. Right. No,
1: I I think it's, it's two things, right? Like, this is a very, this is an exceptional coverage defense. And I think right now PFS has them ranked second best, and they were ranked first best. Is that the word? they were ranked the best before some like really good play from the Broncos. And it's just a function of the buy. Right. So they it's, you know, the, the PFF grades are like, you know, within one point of each other. So, you know, this is a great coverage defense and they're not a great passing offense. Both of those things can be true at the same time. So it's iron iron, like, or, you know, strength versus weakness. This is not a, I wouldn't, you know, if I were looking for a fantasy wide receiver, I'm not looking to the Patriots and I'm certainly not looking to the Patriots in this particular matchup.
0: What, a. What's the way to attack the Patriots defense? They're obviously opportunistic. They take the ball away. They're well coached. They have a good scheme. They know the scheme in and out, but how do you, how do you go about breaking that down?
1: I think quicker passes, you know, you've seen Garrett Wilson line up all over the formation. He had a really good game mm-hmm. against them last 715 yards. And I think a lot of it is kind of attack the level of the, of the defense that gets you away from that pressure from Matt Dudon a nice quick pass, high probability pass, but mix it up with some runs so that the defense can't particularly like key in on where these quick passes are going and which routes they're trying to execute. Because the, the the Patriots teach, you know, defense is taught like it can't be this process of elimination. And if you can keep it where the process of elimination includes a lot of variables against the defense and any defense really, but specifically this one, then you're, you have a much better chance of, because they, they do a masterful job of teaching that. Like, it can't be this. It can't be this. You know, get rid of that. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. William McGinnis and I talk about that all the time at NFL Network about how the Patriots do that really, really well. Mm-hmm. So if you run, even if it's not the most ef- effective or efficient run, do that just like they do. It's kind of the same formula, right? A little, you know, get the run going and then mix in strategic quick passes. So they don't need to be short passes. They can be quick passes. Just ones that get out of the, the hand in less than 2.5 seconds.
0: And also, the Jets, to your point and what you're talking about, the run, the Jets want to run the football. The last time they played, they beat the Bills, and the Jets had 34 rushing attempts for 174 yards, which is an average of 5.1 yards per attempt. But I wanted to wrap up the fourth quarter and just kind of talk about, like, from a general perspective, one, where the Jets are, two, like, this is a weird game because if the Jets win this game, they're in first place in the division. If they lose this game, they're in last place in the division. So what do you make of where the Jets are right now, like in terms of the standings, in terms of the division? And if they win Sunday, don't they set themselves up pretty well, it looks like, for the rest of the year?
1: I mean, I would encourage every team at this point, no matter which team you're talking about, even even the Eagles who – you know, and, and the Vikings who are, you know, at the top of their standings and only have one loss apiece, like just take it one game at a time, because this is a time of year where injuries start to become the thing that differentiates teams that are true contenders from teams that aren't. So taking things one step at a time is, is crucial for everyone. I think it's very fascinating about the way that the standings go in the AFC. So it just tells you how top to bottom, this is much better division than maybe, you know, than it has been in in recent years and probably even than we thought ahead of the season. So take it one game at a time. And I think like, I just pulled my playoff rankings for who potentially is going to make the playoffs. And, you know, if there's something Jets fans can sort of root for that that has nothing to do with rooting for the Jets or against anyone else in the division, maybe you want the Bengals not to win because that seems to be the, the flip-flop between who, who will make it to the postseason if the Bengals can somehow g- keep winning or figure that out. But if the Jets can keep winning and the Bengals just drop a game here or there, which they're missing a bunch of pieces on their defense, it's possible – that's maybe the other, the other thing. So in, in my models, jets make it to the playoffs and again, one game at a time, but playoffs are a, a a very, you know, again, one game at a time, but playoffs are a very real
0: possibility. I'm glad you mentioned that uh, being the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Well, first of all, the jets don't own the tiebreaker there because they lost, they lost to the Bengals in week three.
1: That's why they got got to be like, Hey, so this week we're cheering for the Steelers.
0: Okay. I see. I'm picking up what you're putting down. And also Cincinnati missing Jamar Chase right now. They're five and four. If the playoffs, if the season ended today, Cincinnati would be the ninth seed. So they yep. missed the playoffs. Do you think like obviously you have to take care of for the Jets? You've you beat the Patriots. That's that says enough there, what that means for the standings. Among the teams that are five and four. New England, the L.A. Chargers, the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, how do you power rank the teams in terms of most likely to find their way in to not?
1: You know, the hard part here is when I look at that, if you look at the Chargers roster, like if you go on Our Lads and look at who's on that team, you would think the Chargers should be the best. But look who's not been playing. And they haven't been with When's the last time Keenan Allen's even played and Mike Williams has been out a lot too. And their run defense has been a nightmare. They also have a division where this week they're playing the chiefs. Like, no, thank you. I don't want anything to do with that. Now that's not to say that the AFC East any easier because it most certainly is not, but you know, it's, it's, it's a strange, the chargers in a strange spot because their roster just feels so like underperforming. Is that a word? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Where, you know, know, where it is now. So, That's interesting. The Bengals are, you know, look like there's no denying that, you know, Joe Burrow is something special, and he's proven himself to be that. However, look at their injuries. How long is this Jamar Chase injury going to last? And we don't know. And then, by the way, their secondary is missing a whole bunch of pieces too. And, like, not just for a little while, like, for a good while. And DJ Reader is coming back in the middle of that defense to help stop the run. But, like, your secondary is really important. And you've seen them on downfield passes just – totally since since those guys have have gone out they've just totally like kind of you know gone downhill there so you know like I said it is to me this one comes down to injuries because each of these teams has something that's like very very powerful that's going to that could potentially help them but at the same time if none of those powerful things are playing then you know like I said one game at a time because if I were taking any of those teams' defensive fronts, it is the Jets every single time. If I am taking any teams, just defense, period, full stop. On all of those, I am taking the Jets. But as we've seen, injuries, wild, wild yeah. west of that.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I will say that to your point about the Chargers, it feels like a lot of a lot of people are like, once they get healthy, they could get rolling. So once
1: they get healthy in 2025, they could get rolling. Like, when are they healthy? It's wild. Like you never like it's it's a uh, it's wow great.
0: Cynthia just fired shots I love it I
1: don't know okay. I they have a they've Tom Telesco has constructed a great roster if they played
0: if they played wow it, I'm not the only well, I, I don't think I took a shot. I, I, I know you're not the only one I, I know you're not but you got I love that you just got very animated about that regardless the Jets right now the five seed could be something more Could be something less, we'll see what happens Sunday. That is how we're gonna end the game preview podcast. Cynthia, nice to be back, see you next week.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I'll see you next week. I'm glad you're back too.